Empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Let's not wait. Let's just get right into Mailbag Monday. Mailbag. Not the one with hair, but with an envelope. <laughs> okay. You're right. Uh, hey guys, I have a roster related question for Monday. Teams have to cut the roster to 53 on the 30th of August. Are people on the PUP and NFI included on the 53 or is it 53 men plus PUP men plus NFI men, which means if you activate someone from the PUP after August 30th, someone from the original 53 will have released or be sent to the practice squad? Correct. Yes. <laughs> but, but Yaraj, so just to give you a little bit of clarity on the on the actual roster cuts themselves. So the first roster cut actually comes following week one of the preseason at that point. So for this year, it's going to be August 17th. Teams have until 4 p.m. Eastern time to cut their rosters down from 90 to 85. So it's not a huge cut. Um, and remember that through COVID, they did add additional spots and that has not gone away. Um, so there, they'll be at 85 players. And then the second roster cut follows week two of the preseason, which is the 24th. And they cut from 85 to 80. So you still have a pretty good chunk of players leading into that third preseason game, which is why you really don't see a lot of starters at last game. 
at all. You might see them for maybe a quarter, at least from a Packers standpoint. Some other teams have a tendency to overplay their starters in the preseason. The Packers do not do that. So by the 23rd, we're down to 80. And then the final and third roster cut is after the week three preseason game. And that's Tuesday, August 31st, which is what you're mentioning. At that point, they have to cut from 80 to 53 players at that point. And there's um, a phone call. Somebody's getting cut right now. <laughs> I mean, did you hear that? I didn't hear that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I have to take off the Jesus Christ, man. Let me... Uh, is, is, it, is it Jesus? Is he calling you again? Yes, he's calling he me again. He, he doesn't checks return on me. my calls. He checks on me every once in a while to see how I'm doing. So the first day of final roster cuts, Wednesday, September 1st, teams have until 4 o'clock to place waiver claims on any players that are available as well. Because remember, even though we're getting rid of some players too, we're also looking at players that are coming off of other practice squads. We're not the only team with hard cuts and hard decisions to make. There's other teams that we might scoop up. Um, and then at that point, 53 players done players stay on the pup, but once they start on the pup in, as of the first 53, they have to be on IR, right. Or off of the 53 man roster for at least four weeks. And then the window opens up for them to come back and play. Clear as mud. <laughs> I think it's clear as mud. Okay. Second question. Nikki, Nikki says, with Dobbs balling out, where do you see him falling in the Packers 53? I see him right now kind of pushing in the top four, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I think he makes the 53. I think uh, he definitely makes one of the wide receiver groups out there. I don't know if he comes in at the number seven or the number six spot. I mean, let's, let's break it down. So we got Lazar. He's in. We got Cobb. He's in. After that, everybody else is kind of up in the air and interchangeable, right? I mean, even Watson, even Christian Watson himself, who really hasn't been practicing, they're putting pads on today and he's not out there. This isn't good. Oh, he's signing autographs. It's not good. We don't need you to get into an NFL game and sign autographs. We need you to get into an NFL game and catch balls and run routes and block and stuff like that. So not seeing him out there right now, it's not good. It's not good. Not good for the rookie. No, um, Watkins got in there. Looks okay. Had a bit of a hamstring issue. That's hamstrings happen all the time, right? Run a little fast, run a little weird, run a little, whatever. So I think right now Dobbs is pushing that top four. I agree with you, man. I, I started looking at kind of the ceiling of every player as I'm statting these guys out. So this question We'll get into a little bit deeper here in a second as to where I think the pecking order is. But I agree with you. Obviously, Lazard is the one still for me, um, especially after a little deep dive I did on targets and the different personnel packages that we use. Um, I've got Cobb at two. I've got Dobbs at three right now with the way that he's playing. Um, and then Watkins and Watsons, I've got question marks. I literally, if you look at my piece of paper, it has little question marks next to both yeah. of those because – we don't know. We don't know. They're going to be, we're going to carry seven wide receivers, but this a little bit concerning that these guys aren't on there. So we might start with less wide receivers now on the 53, which was kind of an epiphany that came up just because the guys are not there 
to be able to yeah. take that roster spot. And we yeah. have competition on the offensive line that's starting to shape up to look really good. The safety and outside uh, edge rushing positions as well are starting to really shape up where there are some guys that they're probably not going to want to get rid of. They're not going to keep a seventh wide receiver if they can keep an edge, an outside edge guy or a safety is my guess. Clear as mud. Yep. <laughs> Carla D from California. Uh, Carla, have we heard from Carla before? Is she a new listener? I have a question for Mailbag. Will Bruce be off Twitter for football season like he did for Lent? Yes. Not that bad. <laughs> yes. So to clarify my being off of Twitter, I'm going to be tweeting. I'm going to be specific to the Packers. I'm avoiding everything outside of the Packers first off. What I'm trying to do is avoid outside biases on, on the opinions that I'm trying to form. So I'm not going to be reacting to what people put on there. I'm not going to be responding to anybody. I'm going to, I'm just going to try to form my own opinion. So I'm still going to be on Twitter. It's just, it's amazing what you do in a weekend where you don't look at outside influences on, on what you're trying to think of. Cause there is, there's group think that happens and that's what I'm trying to avoid. And then during the season, it's, watching a game, not being on Twitter, not being on social media, seeing immediate reactions, just watching the game and forming my own opinion is really what I'm talking about. I just, I can't, um, I don't want to see like this morning, the first thing I open up and I don't want to touch upon the Deshaun Watson stuff too much because there's still a three day appeal and then a two day for them to respond. So we're not going to really know for a week. So I don't want to say anything about Deshaun Watson, but the six first thing games, I see six yeah, games, six you know, games, come on, man. Six games is ridiculous. Six games is a slap in the face. Six games is fucking piddly poop. The NFL is fucking trash when it comes to their uh, uh, handing out penalties. This is, oh, well, according to the NFLPA, we got some judge. Fuck, fuck your hat. Fuck the judge. Fuck everybody. I'll say it. I'll say it because Bruce doesn't want to say it. This is fucking bullshit. Period. Bullshit. Bullshit. Sean Washington, listen, if it, we've talked about this. If it was one one complaint, maybe, maybe you could believe that this didn't happen and this person's looking. 24? No, no, this isn't 24. This is habitual. And I can guarantee you this habitual person, Deshaun, who is habitual in abusing women is going to do it again. And the NFL is going to look even worse. This guy should have, at the very minimum, at the very minimum, gotten a full season. Uh, if if it was me, indefinite. Here's the issue, indefinite. man. And yeah, and look, we are going to comment on it if you want to talk about it, because um, the the first problem that I have with all of this is there's been a precedent that was already set. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger with one sexual assault non-violent sexual assault case because that was what was irritating is first off they classified it as non-violent so it reduces it and then because 20 women had to walk away because they got paid off or they settled or whatever happened so it was only based on the four cases of the four women that, that are standing up to him so because it's four and it's non-violent it's only six games according to this judge which and like i'm with you man one time is more it's one too many fucking times like yeah. fuck you you know so i just i just don't want to react or overreact to anything because the NFL has three days to put in their appeal, right? And they're going to decide what it is. And when they were negotiating with Watson prior to it going to this stage, 
they wanted they weren't going below 12 games. So my assumption is they're going to come back and appeal and say we want 12 games. The NFL PA is going to come back and say fine, let's find the middle. We're going to give him 8 games. He loses basically half a season. Still, come on. But it's it, it not, might it's nowhere near. It's and it's going to be like it should this. be should be 80 games. 80 games. How about one game per accuser? 24 games. How about that? That's fair. One game per accuser. How about that? How about one game? How about how about how about one game for every person you paid off? There you go. How about that? I mean, who was the guy that was betting on his team winning? He got a full year for $1,500 that Calvin Ridley, one full year, lost $11.1 million for betting that his team was going to win. For, for them to win. This is like Pete Rose. Pete Rose wasn't out there going, uh, I'm going to bet that I strike out all night long. He was out there going, we're going to win. And then they ban him. Like, I, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean. While the yeah. NFL is collecting hundreds of millions of dollars with sports books and draft Hundreds teams. of billions. Hundreds yeah. of billions of dollars. Come on. Come on. Hundreds Just... of billions. I mean, it, it's. it's. Why don't it's why doesn't the NFL come out and say we're not going to deal we're just not we're going to turn a blind eye to anything that these players do don't care just fuck it and we're going to leave it up to the justice system which we know is all fucked anyway to take yeah. care of it fine okay then but call it and stop this wishy washy shit just say yeah. we we only care about the product on the field don't care about anything that happens outside of that if these guys are serial rapists or murderers or abusers or whatever it is that you're doing fuck Dude, Josh Gordon for doing pot for seven years, pot. basic, basically seven years of hell. Like, and I get it that the guy yeah. keeps relapsing, but, but come on. So we'll see what happens in seven days at that point. I'll form my opinion, but this is exactly what I was saying. Like the first thing, when I look at Twitter this morning, cause I wanted to look at training camp. I wanted to see if Burkick actually didn't go over for two from 45 and 47 yards because Mason Crosby had a scope in his knee. So I want to see if this backup kicker's doing okay. And he went 45, 47, 49, three for three. Great job. I'm looking at that. The next fucking post that I see is a Browns fan leaning into me. Cause I put that, I don't want him to play and I expect him to not play the rest of the season with Deshaun Watson. He's like, see, I fucking told you like, that's what I want to avoid on Twitter. I don't even want to fucking deal with that shit because it's just, how bad does it make, how bad does it make the Cleveland Browns organization look because they gave him this money so he could essentially just pay these people off. So the Cleveland Browns paid off 20 women so that they could keep Deshaun Watson. And then their fans, their fans are backing Deshaun Watson. Like what state of garbage, horseshit, toilet dumb do they live in that they are like, this is my guy? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, says, uh, you know, uh, we, we need a better deal. We need to keep some of these guys. And the world erupts. The world erupts in chaos. And they, and they scream, hang him by his toes, throw him out of here. Right. He didn't, he didn't abuse 24 women. Deshaun Watson abused 24 women, and the, the hypocrisy of the NFL shows up. He gets six games, and Cleveland Brown fans are lining up to pat him on the back, and the Cleveland Browns organization is paying. Listen, the football gods see all and know all. And Karma. you, you, it, it, I mean, I don't even have to say it. I don't even have to say it. It'll wash itself out. It'll, it'll, it'll take care of itself. I have no doubt about that at all. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? That's the Joker. 
Yes. Yes. I've danced with the devil one time in the pale moonlight. Yes, I have. I'm that's why I look that's why I look so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holiday up here. That's awesome. Good, dude. You needed a break, man. It's been you are pause for a few seconds, run for a few days, pause for a few seconds, run for you a few days, your body breaks down. You have to give it a nice 12 hour reset or 20 hour reset. And then there you go right again, man. So it's good. Take oh, this I've day got, off. Uh, Enjoy it, buddy. I've got 13 days of running with the wolves ahead of me just to get caught back up and get everything going right again so that I can go back to the lake for a while. And I'll tell you, I am so looking forward to back to the lake, but you know what else I'm looking forward to? This happens every year at this time. I get into uh, August and I'm sick and tired of the summer. I'm sick and tired of listening to customers tell me, oh, well, this has happened and that's happened. Oh, well, you know, rain affects lawn growth. Rain affects install dates. You know, like we don't control the weather. So I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I, I'm, I'm three quarters full of listening to this to the point where one person made a comment the other day. One of my customers made a comment and I know this isn't professional and I felt really bad afterwards. At the same time, I also thought to myself, go fuck your hat. But one person had made a comment and I had turned and looked at them and I had said, you know, I don't control the weather. Do you understand? I don't control the weather. I do not have magical powers. Do you believe I have magical powers? I said, if you believe I have magical powers, I said, fucking disappear. <laughs> like, I, I'm ready. Bring on the snow. And then what happens in February? I go, I am so sick of the snow. I was going to tell you, <laughs> now, now that I have lived a full season of Turf Boss with you, buddy, and talking to you, this sounds eerily familiar to like mid-February, yeah. right around the Super Bowl, where you're like, fuck these people. Snow keeps yeah. falling. <laughs> what do you want me to do? People don't, you know, in this day and age, people push a button on their phone and a pizza shows up at their door, and they believe they tap a button on their phone, and I drop everything, like it's the bat phone, and I just yeah. go running out as fast as I possibly can. And it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. It, it, it's, it's baffling that people, and, and you know, I try and make sure that I'm available for my customers, right? Of course. And this is of one course. thing, this is one thing that people have really commented on and I'm, and I'm really proud of. And they say, you know, when, when they call, somebody actually answers because a lot of these other businesses, they just let it go to voicemail. And you know why it, it goes to voicemail? Let me tell you why it goes to voicemail, because people say things like, this is unacceptable. All of this needs to be recut. Okay, here is a perfect example of somebody. Okay, here you go. So because of the amount of rain, we get a situation where I call it all hands on deck. And I mean, I'm using my personal trucks. We're using everything. I've got kids that are on, on casual call in and I call in all cars. We call in all cars and we go out and we try and do five days worth of cuts. This is like... 150 houses and we try and knock it off in a day and a half to get caught back up and so we are running like whipped dogs right like i i always think to myself you know i feel like those horses when the guy is riding in the middle of the night and he's just whipping and whipping in the carriage right and so sometimes and this this happens occasionally sometimes a customer will go out and they'll actually just cut their lawn 
Maybe it was a beautiful day. Maybe the neighbor decided to do it because they knew the customer went away for the weekend. Or maybe, and this is, I, I've done this too. Kid comes to my door, he's pushing a lawnmower. He says, for 15 bucks, I'll cut your lawn, sir. And I go, you know what? And I give him, I give him 40 bucks. I said, yeah, do it. Right? Why not? I'm going to help the kid out. I know I can do it myself, but I'm going to help the kid out. So occasionally, out of 150 houses, there's maybe three or four that for some reason they're cut already and we don't have to touch them. So we, I personally went to this guy's house. I'm not going to mention the guy or anything like that. I went to this guy's house. We pull up into the driveway and I look over and there's fresh lines in it. And I thought, ha ha, hot damn, somebody cut it. He cut it, what, whatever the scenario is. We back out, we drive away. We go and we finish off the day. At the end of the day, we're all high-fiving each other. We got the list done. I get a phone call. My house wasn't cut today. And I said, no, it wasn't. We showed up today and somebody had cut it. And he said, well, we had to cut it. I said, what do you mean you had to cut it? It's a once a week service. We were there seven days later. What do you mean you had to cut it? Oh, it was just so long we couldn't wait. And I said, okay, well, you know, appreciate that. And he goes, well, I need you to come back and cut it at a lower level now because I paid for, I paid for it to be cut once a week. I said, are you kidding me? He says, no, immediately. This is the stuff that I deal with. Okay. Mm -hmm. People have this weird tick in their head and it's almost like they pay for this service and they can ring a bell like a butler, right? I am their personal mm -hmm. servant, right? And because people can call and they reach us, these are the things that they say. And I get some people, they actually, they threaten us like physically, they threaten us physically. Right. I had to, I've let go of customers that threaten and things like that. As soon as they start to threaten and a, a few times, I know I told you this story one time, but uh, my wife used to answer the phone for us. And uh, especially in the summer, because it gets really busy. And one time she called me and she was really upset and a customer had reamed her out and was yelling and calling her names. I said, give me the guy's number. I call the guy immediately and I ask him if he's at home. He says, yes. I said, I'll be in your driveway in 10 minutes. And I leave yep. the other side of the city and I get all the way to his house. And I get to his house and I knock on the door and he shows up and I am a foot taller and a hundred pounds heavier than him. And I look him dead in the eye and I explained mm -hmm. to him how we're not gonna do business anymore and he does nothing but apologize. Understand something in this world, people, okay? Imagine when you were talking on the phone with somebody that you were staring them in the face. That's how you should act. Sure. Okay. Do not become telephone tough guy because telephone tough guy only works if you're a really big tough guy. If you're not a really big tough guy and you're four foot eight and a hundred pounds soaking wet holding a brick, I'm going to come to your house at six foot three. 245 and ask you what your fucking deal is. Now, I didn't threaten this guy with violence because he was staring at my belly button the whole time while I stood there. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But people people have got to just just take a deep breath. If your biggest worry, and I've used this before, and I used this on a customer just the other day. He explained to me that there was a spot missed in the middle of his lawn and it's just unacceptable and the neighbors and blah, 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 blah. He went off for like 15 minutes. It was just ridiculous. I mean, I, I rolled. And I finally, I said to him, you know, brother, I said, if the worst thing about your week is that there's a small spot missed in the middle of your lawn, I said, you're having a great fucking week. Let me tell you. And he goes, oh, really? And I said, yeah, right now there are thousands of Ukrainians huddled in subway tunnels praying that the Russians don't bomb them to death. And you're worried about a few blades of grass. 
I said, perspective, pal, perspective, right? But people get it in their heads. Well, I paid this guy. I, I did this. I want this. I want that. You know what? Life is so much easier when you accept that stuff happens, mistakes, problems, issues, human beings make mistakes, have problems, issues. You know, I, I use these guys. A lot of these guys aren't going to be here. You know, as soon as the university starts back up in the fall, they're going to be gone. I'm probably never going to see them again. So maybe they're cutting a lawn and a dog walks by and they look the other way. Or maybe, you know, the homeowner talks to them for a minute while they're in the middle of something and they go back and they forget where they were and they miss a spot. Things like this, they happen. They just happen. And in life, problems and little mistakes and things like that happen. It's how you react to it that sets your character, that sets your your, your mind frame. It, how you react to it is how you're going to get along in life. And if you've got, if you're ready to burn down the entire city because of three or four blades of grass, bro, you need to take a chill pill. Try smoking a joint. You know what? Tell your wife to put the, uh, to, to put the strap on on one time. Like do something to release that pressure because you, you are clearly, clearly having some mental bloody issues. Especially if you feel the need to go outside and yell at a bunch of 16, 17 year olds screaming and stomping your fist. I had one woman actually, she was stomping her fist like, like my four year old used to stomp and, and pout. And I just looked at her like, seriously, you are a 60 year old woman. Like, breathe, act, act accordingly, act yeah. accordingly. And you know what I find? I find in life that. If I bring something to somebody's attention and I don't hunt them down, I don't come to them immediately or anything. But if I, if I have a service, our, our water guy, for example, who would never deliver the water on the exact same day he was supposed to, it would be all over the joint. Maybe it was Monday, maybe it was Thursday. And then I would get these random bills and I called and I politely talked to them and I found out what the issue was. And I said, clearly, I said, so this is where I'm at. I can't spend all day on the phone making sure that you're doing the job that I hired you to do. So if we make another, if there's more mistakes that are going to happen every single week, I said, I'm just going to have to switch and go somewhere else. And you know what? The next week there was another major mistake and I just switched and went somewhere else. It's that easy. And you kind of apply that to everyday life, right? I mean, just kind of, yeah. it's, it's good. It's, it's my rant life. is over. My yeah, it's rant good. is over. <laughs> it's good life advice. All right. Wichita, Kansas. From the UK. From Los Angeles. From northern Wisconsin. From Nova Scotia. From the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. From central Illinois. From southern Cali. From Turkey. Omaha, Nebraska. From California. From Melbourne, Australia. From Chicago, Illinois. They're from the UK. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go.
Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. So, Packers, dude. All right. There's a couple of things. We are. Here's why. Because I found. We're all over the joint today. It's just, it's just chaotic mess. It always starts off. Mailbag is always all over the place. So that's kind of what happens usually. But I do want to circle back to the Packers because in looking at it through my lens, not looking at what people, obviously looking at the reports from Hoskowitz and, and Domofsky and Andy Herman and all these guys that are live tweeting about what's going on in practice is helping me get a little bit of an idea for my, cause I'm still working on my 53 and I'm trying to stat out players and trying to decide what's going to happen. Um, I want to talk about the offensive line a little bit here because the two areas of concern or three areas of concern that I still have with this team is offensive line wide receiver and safety and then to a certain extent edge but i think edge is kind of we're really solid at one and two like there's just no question that we're okay but on the offensive line the the first four days of practice we started seeing zach tom with the ones at left tackle and with the twos at left tackle now obviously today um you've got different guys shifting in like yosh is back at left tackle again today but the fact that they're giving Tom, Zach Tom so much run at left tackle is interesting because I felt that the left side was very solid and they were just going to try to figure out the right side. But it seems like they're kind of shifting players around to take some of the – it seems like we're overly good on the left side and we have absolutely nothing on the right side. So they're trying to figure out what can we take from the right side that is good enough on the left to help shore up the right side. That's kind of the way that I'm seeing these formations. So the majority of the time they had Zach Tom at left tackle, uh, John Runyon at left guard, obviously Myers, and they had Yash at right guard and the Newman at right tackle. That was the majority of what they did over the weekend. And I'm just, I'm curious to see because Bach is not going to be back. It's looking like the pecking order might fall on the left side as Tom Yash Bach, right? Like that's kind of, the three yeah. left tackles that we've got in the building and finally got some news from Sean Ryan. He's been playing specifically left and right guard. They have not put him out at tackle at all, but he's been filling in with the twos uh, when John Runyon's taking a break and he's been filling in behind Yash at right guard as well. So it looks like Sean Ryan is that guard um, rotational guard that we're putting in there that, that might be pushing um He's not going to start, obviously. He's not going to be on the starting, but he'll be a rotational player in that guard position. And and Jake Hansen's been taking some some snaps at center. So Josh Myers is obviously the center to to beat, but you know that we always they love having those guys that can go from guard to center because if there is an injury like there was to Myers, those guards, it's a much easier transition for a guard to move to center or vice versa, center to kick out to guard just in case something happens. And especially because Myers had two two fumbled snaps to Aaron Rodgers and just went absolutely ballistic on him. So they started putting Jake Hansen in there to look at that. So, you know, right, the right side, Yash, right guard, Ryan, these are just kind of the rotations that I saw in there to give us an idea of who's going in there. Um, So Ryan and Yash at right guard and then Newman and CVL. So Colvan Lannon 
was rotating at that right tackle position, then Rashid Walker and Jenkins is obviously on the pup. So those are the nine players that we're looking at, but we've only got, well, I mean, it's going to be Tom, the nine guys that I have on the 53 right now are Zach, Tom, JRJ, Myers, Yash, Newman, Cole Van Lannan, Rashid Walker, Sean Ryan, and Jake Hansen with Bach and Jenkins on the pup. It seems like that's that's what it's shaping up to be, how that lands. But I'm pretty confident in the nine players that we've got. It's just where are they going to fall in the pecking order and where are they going to land on this line? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a toss-up, man, especially when we're still waiting on uh, word on Jenkins and word on uh, Bach. they're going to move guys around. I can tell you from a coaching uh, uh, side of it, if somebody's playing left tackle with the ones and the twos, that means they're giving him as many reps as possible. That means that that's where they think he's going to fit in. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, a lot of what I'm seeing too, along with that is some of these guys are very good at run blocking. Some of these guys are very good at pass block, like exceptionally well, but they don't do the thing. The, the other thing, like, well at all, they're very, very defined in their roles. And it seems like they've taken that same attitude that they take with tight ends where there's a specific role for the type of tight end that they're doing. They were very deliberate about who they draft and what they're good at. So we'll see. I mean, expecting, like you said, maybe a 4 or 5% more increase in run. That's why they have Zach Tom at that left hook. Okay, he is fantastic. Again, I think the- so and run blocking. So let's see what happens there, but just found it interesting. I've got my nine players on there, but I'm curious. It might be Zach Tom starting at the beginning of the season. If he keeps falling out the way he is, especially they're giving him a hard look at left tackle and that's his backside. You know, that's Roger's backside. So what are we going to do? Right. You know, I, I, I feel for uh, the Bach fans and I feel for Carla and I know she's going to probably throw her drink across the room, but I'm having a hard time believing Bakhtiari is going to be available September. I have a hard oh, time believing that. Me too. Me too. And he's running around and I don't want to even hear it because he was very, running around last year at this time. That's what I was going to say. It's eerily similar last year. So I'm not even going to, I've got some, I've got some faith that he's going to be back this year more than I was earlier, just because you see him actually moving around. Yeah. But when that's going to be probably going to start on the pup. So it's at least four weeks, right? Unless he, there's some sort of miracle, something that goes on. So uh, Zach, Tom, Yash, left tackle, JRJ, Ryan, right guard, Myers, Hanson, center, Yash, Ryan, again, you know, where's Yash going to fall uh, right guard. And then Newman and Cole Van Lannan, Rashid Walker on the right side, which shows you how much, I mean, they're just rotating so many players through there yeah. on the right side, but there you go. Yeah. But it was interesting to see that. So, your kids went back to school today. They did. That's crazy that the States goes back August 1st. It is the earliest they have why gone do, back. Why do you think, why do you think, why do you think that America goes back August 1st, Canada goes back September, I think it's third or fourth, right after Labor Day. So there's two reasons the first one is is in the U.S. and I, I I can't speak to Canada, but most families have two working parents. Yeah. So they try to get the kids back in school, so the parents kind of don't have to worry so much about what are you going to do with the kids during well, the summer. You, you guys, know, and, when did when did you guys get out of school? June, about 
maybe it's about two weeks before you guys did. Yeah, we so. were we were out like June twenty eighth or something like that. Like when you guys came to Chicken Days, that was basically it, right? Yep. yep. So we're out for all of July, all of August. You're out for all of June and all of July. Yep. Exactly. So why do you start in June and July? Do you think it's the weather? No, it has nothing to do. Well, maybe from a national standpoint, it it has to do more with they did a during COVID, they changed the the way that kids go to school. It used to be three months of summer, one one week of spring three break. Three months of summer. Yeah. When did you guys or two used to and get a out? half? So it was June, but we wouldn't go back until like September. You know, so it was like June, wow. July, and August. Wow. But what they did is they took a month of that off and they added a two-week fall break and they extended uh, Christmas by a week and then they added a two-week spring break because what they're trying to do is if there's an outbreak with COVID, they want to make sure that the kids are out of school and if they have to make up days, they're just kind of using that time as a place marker, but they basically spread out the summer vacation into weeks throughout the school year. So how many days do you, does your kids go to school in a year? Like ours do 200, 200 school days. It's something like that. It's similar. There's a specific number that they have of number of days where the state, and that's tied to funding for the schools and the kids have to be in school 90% of the days, 90% of each day in order to get their full funding. So it's all, it's all tied to, to finances, but it's right around 200 days because mid year they do like a big celebration for day 100 of school. Right. So um, it's just, it's, it's weird. Like, like a prison term. Yeah. Well, that's how the kids feel, but that's how the kids feel about halfway through it. But I went back this year to school and obviously the girls are somewhat excited and I've got one in 11th grade, one going into seventh grade and one moving from elementary school into middle school as a sixth grader. So she was the most nervous and the most not wanting to go back to school. Um, but her middle, the middle sister, her older sister was, was very supportive and said, whatever you need, you know, just kind of let me know. Like she knows the ropes, yeah. but I went back this year with just a little bit more worried than I have other years. Um, just with everything going on, man, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's been, it's not been fun seeing it happen other places. El Paso has been the victim of a mass shooting. And the first news I see this morning, six fifteen in the morning, man, is there was some sort of social media threat at a school, not near our school, but in El Paso. So it just, I really hope that the schools have done their due diligence and done what they're supposed to do for these ancillary doors. The good thing with the schools where we have, like we're blessed to have, we're a nice neighborhood. So, I mean, there, there are police officers that kind of roam around all the schools, but we've got dedicated people that just sit at the front, like, and it's bigger guys. Like, I'll just tell you, like, (laughs) you know, you can tell they're like, they're bigger guys and they've got, um, a lot of parents volunteer and, and rotate through to during drop off during pickup. You see a lot of parents present that are helping the school with vests on. So there's, there's a big adult present, but that's not the time I'm too worried about it. It usually seems like it's during school when everybody's calm and everything's chill. So that's the only thing I just, I just pray, man, that it just, this, it needs to stop. So it was just a little bit more trepidation with what I was just taking my kids back to school. Cause I mean, the first news, first day of school, 
social media posts, somebody threatening a school somewhere and the, you know, EPISD posted because they're like, before this goes crazy or viral, it's been addressed. There's no real threat, but police are investigating it kind of thing. But it's like, come on, yeah. just let the kids go to school, man. It's, it's it, that that's just crazy. You know, we, um, so our, my kids go back, I think it's the third or the fourth of September, right after Labor Day. They've been out since uh, June 28th. Let's see. They generally, they get, uh, you know, we have a national holiday or a provincial holiday once a month. So they get one day off and then there's another parent teacher or, you know, uh, a teacher conference or whatever it is once a month. So there's a lot of, they don't, you know, they go to school for one week for five days. The next week is four days, one week for five days. The next week is four days. It's a lot of that. <clears throat> I don't remember that as a kid. I don't remember getting too many days off as a kid. Uh, Christmas, they're gone from about, I'm going to say December 23rd until about January 3rd. And mm -hmm. then they have uh, spring break, which is a full week. And that's sometime near the end of March, beginning of April. And then they're out again. I do know I, I have a child that's going to be in grade 11 this year, which means I'm really old. And I have another child that's going into grade seven this year. And that child that's going into grade seven, we, we were talking to him last night and he said, this is what he said to me. He said, I'm not afraid of the dark because we were talking about, you know, s sleeping in the dark instead mm -hmm. of having to, because he's got to have just a tiny little, and it's not even really a nightlight. It's this tiny little, it's like a small LED, like something that you would find at the bottom of your TV when your TV is off, you mm -hmm. know, just a tiny little light. And I said, you know, are you afraid of, of the dark and he goes i'm not afraid of the dark i'm afraid of what's in the dark <laughs> interesting yeah to which i said have you ever seen a monster in your room no have you ever seen a monster in the house no have you ever seen a monster in real life no so what could you be afraid of he goes mostly my imagination so he's got it figured out right he's got it figured out but he'll be in grade seven this year and i remember like when I think back to grade seven, I thought, oh, we were the shit. When I was in grade 11, oh man, king of the school, right? Walking around. I mean, back then I was probably smoking already. You know, I mean, just a terrible, terrible, terrible teen, right? And, and watching your kids go through this and grow up, it's, it's funny because they go through a lot of the same problems you go through. And I just kind of smile and I go, you know what? This isn't going to matter, right? I mean, honestly... Out of all the kids that you went throughout elementary, junior high, and high school with, how many of them today do you do you talk to on a regular or even semi-regular basis? One. Yeah. Like I think it's I think it's I think it's just one for me as well. And I thought back then this is my whole We're also we're also socially selective, buddy. We're not oh. like as much as we're like I guess we can say that we're not recluses. Like we're, we're pretty open. Like if you put us in a social situation, we, we like to socialize, but we're just very reserved with who we socialize with. Right. So yeah. Um, high school. My, yeah. My bullshit one. filter is completely full. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and as soon as I start to hear the BS and it's like, it's like this guy, you know, you, you, you try and make friends. It's tough for guys to make friends, right? Because mm -hmm. you got to have this macho bravo, you know, this, this, you know, testosterone thing. But at the same time, you've also got like a short leash, right? So let's say, 
uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to meet this guy. We're going to go play golf. Uh, it was his idea. He asked me if I wanted to go play golf. We're going to go play golf one o'clock on Friday. And then all of a sudden at 1030 on Friday, oh, something came up. I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Right then and there, I'm like, you're gone. Forget it. Forget it. Why would you invite me out? Why would you, right? And then now all of a sudden, I don't care. I, and you know, I'm the worst for this too. I don't care. Your mom died. Your cousin died. Your dog died. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm not playing this. I'm coming. I'm going. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to be there. BS. You know what I mean? It's it's one thing if you have that friendship and you know the situations that they're in, right? I mean, you've got three kids and a wife. At any given moment, the day could be turned up on its head. And I know this because I've only got two kids and a wife and my day at any given moment could be completely turned Mm -hmm. on its head. But when you start that new relationship with, you know, some, some guy that you're, you know, you're trying to have those guy relationships. If right off the hop, it becomes one of those, well, maybe not, uh, forget it. I, I don't have time for that. I'd much rather sit on my couch and watch television. Right now we are trying this. Here's an example. We're trying to sell I have a little pop-up Viking trailer, you know, Mm -hmm. you crank it up, it pops up a couple of queen beds in it, fridge, the whole works. And we're trying to sell it because we got a much bigger trailer. And uh, uh, I get this guy, oh, I'm very interested. I'll be there at four o'clock. Okay, so I'm sitting here at four o'clock, 4.30 rolls around. I don't see him. I send him, oh, I completely forgot. I'll be there Saturday. Now I'm like, go fuck your hat. Right. And it's just like that. It's like, I, I can't, I can't play these games. I can't play games. I don't have time for games. I have time for my family. I have time for the friends, right? But I don't have time to play games. Which is an extension of family. Like the way that I see a friend, because I do commit quite a bit to a friend. It's almost, it's a relationship, man. Like you have to genuinely care about the person. You have to be willing to open up yourself to that person. The second that person turns negative or turns anything where I just feel it's not going to be something positive in my life. I just say, see ya, and I'm done. And people don't realize that I do that because I I don't necessarily tell them to their face just to go fuck off. But what I do is I just, I'm, I just kind of just. I disappear. Yeah. I don't respond to texts. I don't like whatever. I don't have time because I know it's just going to become, I'm going to engage and everything's going to be exactly the same. You've already shown your colors. You've already shown here you are. You're not going to change. So I just don't have time for you. You know, that's a lot of what happens to me. And, you know, I think people that hang out with me or people that know me need to understand that in a moment's notice, I might drop you because priorities for me are my family. Yeah. Priorities for me are my daughters. And like this weekend, you know, um, I had a few friends and some people reach out to me and they're like, oh, dude, you haven't called me back or you haven't answered. And I'm like, well, one, it was my fucking birthday, right? Like you didn't like, yeah. well, well then wish me happy fucking birthday, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. if we're such yeah. good friends and you're so concerned <laughs> about me fucking calling you back, yeah. then happy birthday to me, fucker. One, number yeah. one. And then that? number two, you know, we have our family events. We had a huge anniversary, 50 year anniversary for my aunt, my uncle, um, who were basically my second parents growing up. And they brought in family from all over the place. People I'd not seen in like 15, 20 years. My great aunts that I always grew up with all these. Like this wasn't like the Mexican family, as much as it's very large, you are very familiar with everybody because at some point in your childhood, we all got together, we all hung out. And, you know, the different age groups had a tendency to always hang out together. So my first cousins and my second cousins 
and first uncles and second uncles, we were very tight, man, like very, very tight. So it was, you know, Saturday, it was just couldn't do anything Friday other than journey. You know, I, I spent my birthday the way I wanted to spend it. Saturday was completely dedicated to going to Juarez, going to a party, getting my wife ready, my mother-in-law ready, my daughter's ready for this wedding to go over there and spend a night over there. And I'm getting messages from people like, you haven't called me back. I'm like, dude, like I'm going to text you when I can, but now it's Monday and I've got work, you know, and I've got to do stuff. And it's just like, life goes on. Like I'll, I'll get to you when I get to you. Just don't be, just understand that when I get to you, I'm going to act like no time passed. And we're just going to leave off where you do. If you make it awkward or uncomfortable, I'm probably never going to reach out to you again. <laughs> that's all that's going to happen. So friends are like family, man. And it's just, if I come by and you're in my, if you're in my tight circle, you're my friend, reach out to me whenever you need to. If you don't make it awkward, I will always reach out and continue to act like no time passed. But if you make it awkward, I'm probably not going to reach out to you ever fucking again. You know, I have a, I, I have a, a friend and this kind of ticks me off. It's one of these, Listen, if you're if you're indicted, you're you're a buddy of mine, you're a friend, you're family. Okay. And if you called me and you said, listen, Matt, I, I haven't been working in a year, my wife's out of work, blah, 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 blah. Can you loan me some money? Dire times, right? I can help you out. It's another thing if you told me, like I've got this buddy who purposely hasn't been working for two or three years, loses jobs constantly because well, he drinks too much or he just doesn't give a fuck. And then he, he finally, he, he borrowed some money from me. I felt bad. I said, all right, I'll do it. And then I haven't heard from the guy in three months, mm -hmm. you know? And I think to myself, if that couple hundred bucks is what you wanted to trade our relationship for, keep it, keep it, enjoy it, have it forever. Right. I have another guy that I, I, I worked with. Uh, he has a, a landscaping business. Uh, I was doing work for him. He was doing work for us. At the end of the season, we were going to sit down, tally up who owed what, mm -hmm. right? I was keeping track. He was keeping track. I sent him a message at the end of the season. This is what I have. This is, you know, and pretty damn I'll, even. I, I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. If I've made a mistake, say something. This is what I wrote down. If I missed something, if I miss something or something didn't add up the way that you have it, say something to me, man. I'm negotiable. If you go, oh, yeah, on this day, I did this for you too. Oh, shit, I completely forgot about that. You're right. Let me add that in. So I send it to the guy. Nothing. No response back. And this is somebody I talk to three, four times a week. Week goes by, I send him another message. Hey, man, I sent this stuff to you. I kind of want to settle up this account. Uh, it looks like I owe you this much money. Uh, get back to me. Nothing. Suddenly, the guy's blocking me on this, blocking me on that. What the hell? What the hell? You know, um, God, dude, that just, it's, I, I think the lesson learned with all of this is especially with money man and friends and family or anybody money related whenever you give or loan money to anybody understand that it's money that is discretionary income that you can afford to never take back because yeah. like you said it might be a couple hundred bucks it might be 20 bucks it might be 40 bucks it doesn't matter so whenever you give that money to them it's i'm going to give it I to you like when people ask you back. 
Yeah. When people ask me for money, I'll tell them I can't because I, it's money that I can give you that I'm not expecting back. And right now I can't afford that. Like I'm always yeah. straight up about it. Like, no, yeah. like I'm not just going to say, cause if I say, yeah, and here's the money, cause they're always going to say, oh, I'll get you back next week. Right. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And then next week rolls around and you don't hear anything. And then you have this obligation to reach out to them. It's like, Hey man, like you said next week and haven't heard from you. So I just, I don't lend people money, man. Like I just, unless I can actually give you cash to say, here's whatever you need. Don't need it back, bro. You know, cause yeah. I, I was in situations when I was younger where that happened, where I had, but I always paid back the money that people gave me always. So it's just a different mentality. So the lesson learned is just, if you can't afford to not have that money or if you're willing to, cause to see it go by the wayside because it's going to affect the relationship the second, regardless of how much money, even if it's five bucks or 10 yeah. bucks or 20 bucks, just whatever that number is, don't give money out unless it's discretionary income that you're just giving to them, not loaning to them. Don't lend anybody money. Well, and you know what? Be straight up with somebody. If you borrowed money from someone, be straight up with them. Say, listen, you know what, dude, I don't have it. I don't have a job, I this and that, or whatever the situation is, be straight up with them. Keep them in the loop. Disappearing? Come on, really? And the worst part is, is for, for this friend of mine, I've known this guy since I was probably 18, okay? Yeah. Thir almost, almost 30 freaking years I've known this guy. And for 60 bucks? Like, you want to trade all of that away for 60 bucks? Like, oh, all right, take it and go. Lesson learned on my end, take it and go. And you don't know people's situations. And if somebody's that dire to start calling people, but you know, there there's people I know that have, um, have it had a tendency to where I just finally said, dude, just stop calling. <laughs> like yeah. to stop asking. Cause I know why you're calling me. It's just like, you go down the line, I guess, of everybody who you can ask for money. Right. And then you probably get one or two of those people to help or, you out. You got that. You got that family member, that family member. And every time the phone rings, you're like, how much is this going to cost me? Or what do you need for me? Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you just call and ask how my kids are doing? Yeah. Why can't you just call and ask how I'm doing? Shoot the yeah. breeze and get off the phone. Why is it the only time you call me is because you need something else, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's frustrating. It's part it's, of life. And the way you react to it, that shows your character, right? And a lot of the times I just go, gosh, you know, I, I, I go, gosh, you know what? I use payroll as an excuse. I'm like, I've, I've got payroll coming out in the next couple of days here, man. I can't touch any accounts. I can't do anything. It's all payroll. I'm sorry. I can't do anything. And they go, oh, all right. What about after payroll? Yeah. No, I always just say, no, I don't have any money to lend you. Why? I always well, go. Because, you know, you run into those, especially like when I used to do this before, you give somebody money because they were in dire need and they need a couple hundred bucks or they need something. And they tell you what it's for. And then you look on their social media posts and they're buying stuff and they're traveling with their family or they're doing stuff. And you're like, okay. You don't have money to pay me back, but you have money to go buy yourself a new golf driver. You have money to take your family on vacation, but you don't have 400 bucks to give me back. And that's where I was just yeah. like, I just tell people no. I just, I literally, that's, if you know me, don't ask me for money. Like, there you go. Unless you're, unless you you're go. family. 
That'll that'll be on your tombstone, Bruce Edmonds. Yeah. If you if you know me, don't ask me for money. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to you if I've got it, but don't ask me for it. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't ask me. Don't ask me. One point two eight billion dollar mega millions, one in Illinois. What do you think that guy gets like after the buyout and everything? Gotta be about three hundred million or something. Eh? It was six hundred and twenty million dollar cash option, is what it was. Six hundred and eighty million dollars. I got zero numbers right on all of my oh. like none, not one. Like yeah. I had I played five <laughs> and did not have one single number on all five. I was like now you now you know my frustration. I have yeah. your tickets. I, I have your numbers. And yeah. I have like a special ticket that I, I keep in a plastic sleeve. And when the, when the, when the, the lotto max gets up to 50 million or more, I buy those tickets mm -hmm. and it's like seven tickets. And each one of those seven tickets that you buy, they give you an extra three quick picks per. So it's actually like seven times four, it's 28 sets of numbers. And I won't get one. Like I, I literally will be yelling at the newspaper or the, or, you know, the, the, my, my, my phone going, how do I not get one 28 sets of numbers? They pick seven numbers. I don't get one number, just one, one doesn't win you anything, but one number <laughs> would be like, Oh, well, I, I had a number here. I had a number there. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Right. None, like literally yeah. no numbers match. So I was like, that has to be something, right? Like I didn't get yeah. any numbers. Yeah. Give me a, give me my three dollars back, or you free know? play, just a free something. play. You guessed so horribly. We're actually going to just give you another ticket. We're very yeah. sorry that you're Try terrible. Because if you purposefully <laughs> tried to miss every single number, like the right? odds of that have to be in on five different tickets. I was just like. Yeah. So congratulations to whoever it is in Illinois. I hope you're in Belize and got the hell out of the country and disappeared as long as you possibly you would have could. To. You would yeah. have to that much money. I mean, you know what? Ideally, ideally like eight or 9 million bucks would be a great number because it wouldn't draw too much attention. You could stay where you are. You could almost do the same things you're doing, but you could retire quietly, mm -hmm. right? To tell your neighbors, Oh, I work online. I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm this or that online, right? When you win, and this is uh, our, our Lotto Max uh, tomorrow night is uh, 50 million bucks. If we won $50 million, we'd have to leave this town. Yeah. We would have to leave. And that's kind of sad. At the same time, it's go not. to another, go to another province, go to another state, whatever you want to do, right? People don't really pay attention to who it is, right? right. Unless they, unless they personally know you. Oh my God, I went to kindergarten with Bruce. He, he won 628 million. Remember when he kissed me in the cloakroom in grade one? I want uh, my money. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? Uh, That's uh, how it goes. It always goes that way, dude. People have a tendency to, to come out of the woodworks, regardless. Of, even just being successful as business, all of a sudden people start oh. yapping about, like you see some guy show up in a new car and they're like, oh, that's how, you know, just the chatter and the talking. It's like, Dude, just let the guy live his life, man. Like he's working his ass off. Congratulations. But there's, yeah, El Paso, as big as it is, it probably has the same feel as what, what Oak Bank does as well. Everybody knows everybody. I mean, it's just little tight circles and it's, yeah, you'd have to leave. But yeah, don't ask me for money. No, even if I won that, don't ask me for money. <laughs> right on. Uh, Monday mailbag in the books. If you have any questions for us for mailbag Monday, don't forget you can send them to us at Packers without borders at outlook.com. That's all one word Packers without borders at outlook.com. DM us at borders Packers on our Twitter, find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you get your social medias.
really appreciate the support folks. You have, um, it, it really, every time I'm going to say this, it's overwhelming to have you guys come on and give us a little shout out, have a couple new listeners that have reached out to us, right. And done a, a really nice job. I'm actually going to go ahead here and, uh, we got a new review and anytime we get a new review, whenever we can, I'd like to read it out because it's, it's just cool, man, because there's a lot of hate out there, but we also get some, uh, we get some nice Do people. we get some hate? Do we get some hate? Not, not in the, not, we do not get any hate on the reviews, thankfully, okay, good, right? Good. So we're safe there. We're okay there, but we just got a new, let me kick this up. So, uh, here it is. Pretty cool, man. Hey, guys, this Midwesterner just found you, and I'm so excited I did. No holes in this podcast, just straight to the point with high cheese stats and fun. Highly recommend the new audience to subscribe just like I did. Bing! Thank you. Thank you, Iowa 2011. Really appreciate you, man. If you guys can go on there, it really does help us to get those ratings and reviews on iTunes, especially now that all of those uh, off-season guys are starting to come back that have been doing this for years want to stay up at the top of the charts and have the availability for all of you guys on there with iTunes, whose algorithm is bullshit. Uh, but Spotify, <laughs> thank you guys so much for the reviews, Stitcher, everywhere you can find podcasts, just click on it. Give us a review. Really appreciate it. El Paso, you know, all of you guys, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. Give us a dollar. Make my wife happy. Make Matt's wife happy. Give me, give me a dollar. Give me a dollar, <laughs> man. I'm going to ask you for money. I'm going to ask total strangers because asking friends for money is bad, but asking total strangers is fine. Give me a dollar, man. There you go. Yeah, we won't give you money, but we want your money. Literally, let me put it to you this way. If every single one of our listeners, our every episode listeners, gave us a dollar, just a dollar, we wouldn't have to work anymore. Accurate. We could just do this. We could just do this. Just a dollar. Think about it. 12 bucks a year and you too can sponsor a Canadian co-host. <laughs> and in El Paso, it sounds like those Christian children's funds. You get the commercials, you know, the, the terrible commercials that I can't watch because it just makes me cry. As soon as you have children, when you were a kid, you were watching those commercials. You're like, change the channel. Now you have children. You see those poor children and you just start bawling right away. You're like, oh my God, somebody's got to feed those kids. Just think about us. But literally, if each yeah. of you gave a dollar a month, on patreon.com front slash Packers without borders. We could literally do this for a living. Or you could go to audible backslash Packers without borders, the free trial click on that. doesn't even cost you anything. If you guys did that once a week, just click exit gone. That's it. Bing. Well, I'm sure they see the same IP address for people clicking it. So it's not us going, but, but, and so go to Starbucks, go to Starbucks, steal someone's phone. (laughs) <laughs> Grab connect to the hand. wi-fi or just connect to the wi-fi connect to the, yeah connect to the <laughs> wi-fi there <laughs> right on brother we'll see you wednesday sounds good break peace. down that wipe break down that wide receiver core on wednesday buddy oh nice peace go pack go this has been packers without borders try and be kind to one another try and love each other and go pack go esto ha sido empacadores sin fronteras No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.